Welcome to the Leaders Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leaders Edge. In this episode of our sponsored podcast series with AXA XL, I talk with Lucy Pilko, the company's new CEO for insurance in the Americas. We'll hear what drew her to AXA XL and what she's bringing with her from outside the industry. We'll discuss short and long-term planning at AXA XL, as well as market dynamics and new investment opportunities, as well as what is required for success. I hope you enjoy it. I am here today with Lucy Pilko, uh, CEO of Insurance for the Americas at AXA XL. Lucy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Sandy. It is great to have you. I'm very excited. Um, you have just recently started your tenure at AXA XL, so really excited to hear about everything that you are have going on and are thinking of of doing, and we'll kind of walk through all that, but. Uh, would love to just start with, you know, in general, what you hope to accomplish in this role, what you're bringing from your past experience that you'll put to use as you drive XXL forward. Yeah, um, well, it is a really exciting new beginning for me. I would spent 20 years um, at the Boston Consulting Group in um, in the in the insurance space, but and leading the insurance team at BCG. But this is a very you know, different and an exciting opportunity. And, um, you know, as I thought about joining AxXL and, and where where I can help take the organization uh, forward, particularly in the Americas, it was a very easy, an easy place to get to a yes in terms of joining. It's a tremendous team. Um, the organization has incredible depth of underwriting, claims, risk consulting talent, and has done a lot of work over the last few years to really bring the business to a very strong place in terms of um, our our satisfaction with the the book of business that we have and the profitability of that. Um, but all that being said, the the most exciting part is is the opportunity for growth. Um, and you know, as I looked at it and thought about it from an, an AXA wide perspective, you know the the risk pools in commercial insurance in the Americas and predominantly in the U.S. you know are one of the most underrepresented risk pools uh, for AXA Group as a whole, and so that just creates a tremendous opportunity over many years to grow the business and to diversify um, the the portfolio that AXA has. And so, you know, just super excited to explore the potential. Um, you know, and for me, I think there there are things that I can bring from my prior life that will hopefully be really helpful in in both defining that strategy and executing on it. So, um, you know, we have to take a, a strong look at the portfolio of risk that AxaXL underwrites today and the risk that we could underwrite in the future and bring a really strategic lens to, you know, what should that portfolio look like today, three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. And um, so that that's a space that I have experience with other carriers. I think secondly, um, you know, my past in professional services required me to focus um, incredibly on client engagement, building relationships and, you know, learning how to develop those relationships over time. And I think that is one of the keys to success for for any company, but for an insurance carrier in particular, to be really client centric. Um, 
And then maybe a third piece is the world around us is changing around data and analytics and the technologies that are available to help companies of, of all types um, evolve in new and different ways. And I've had the privilege of working with clients in insurance and outside of insurance of how they are taking advantage of the breadth and depth of data that can be at our fingertips um, and the tools that will really help us gain insights and take action um, around that. And I'm, I'm hoping to bring that experience and that passion uh, to AxaXL. You know, I think that it, it will be really exciting to see how you can bring perspective from other industries and into, into your work at AxaXL. Um, and it, it will be exciting to see where the company goes in terms of these underrepresented risk areas that I'm sure we'll get into a little bit um, as we talk more. So it you've come at a time um, when XXL is at the beginning of its three-year planning cycle, which is exciting yep. and, and a great opportunity for you to employ some of these things. So can you talk us, uh, give us a little bit of insight into what that cycle will look like in terms of priorities and goals? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, maybe I'll start a bit thematically, and then obviously there's sort of very specific business opportunities that that we're looking at. You know, but if I think about where what we have to accomplish over the next three years, um, there are really four big things, and all of that is underpinned by a real client centricity. Um, but the four things I would say is really looking at upping our game around the solutions that we can bring to the market. I think XXL has historically been known as a place of innovation around products and solutions. And so really using that expertise and capability to develop new offerings that better meet our clients' you know, evolving strategic goals and, and risk management challenges. So you know, really upping our game around the solutions that really matter to our clients is one. Um, the second one that I think about is valued beyond the policy. Um, you know, and on this, risk transfer is a, an incredible tool in managing the total cost of risk for clients, but it is far from the only tool. And we would be doing our clients a disservice if we didn't bring the expertise we have in terms of really identifying, understanding, mitigating, ideally preventing uh, risk from, from occurring um, to, to their risk management teams. And so we are investing in, in a number of different ways to be uh, better able to bring that expertise and to serve it up to clients. We've uh, built an ecosystem of technology partners um, starting in our construction team in the Americas that now goes beyond that, um, that are really providers that help our clients manage their own risk. Um, and then we are we are building and committed to really expand over the next three years our digital commercial platform, which um, is designed to make easily accessible some of the diagnostics, the data, the tools that will help clients um, assess and, and act on, on risk. Uh, the third one that I think about in terms of our three-year plan is around data. This goes back to where I was earlier, um, but really making sure that we are using the data we have 
um, to deepen our relationship with clients um, and investing in our own capabilities to uh, access and, and leverage that data. Uh, and then the last one, which I think is just a, a, a constant for businesses, is being you know, focused, fit, and fast. And that's making sure that we are spending our money in the, the best possible ways. You know, if you think about what you would do as a um, as a, an entrepreneur running a, a small startup, the same principles should apply, that we look to spend our money for the highest return on investment. Um, and that means taking out um, unnecessary steps in processes that can help us move faster um, and with more efficiency. Uh, so, I, you know, those are thematically what we're going against, and we'll apply that in a lot of different um, specific parts of the business. Yeah, it sounds like there's definitely so much under those umbrellas that you could yeah. implement. Um, one question, though, you know, as as you work on creating new risk transfer solutions for these complicated risks that maybe have to be looked at a different way, and then you also, as you said, have to incorporate a lot of risk mitigation, and that's likely new for clients or some clients at least. What do you think is going to be the hardest part for brokers, your partners, in helping, you know, work with clients to implement some of these different strategies that maybe will be needed going forward? Yeah, well, I think this is a place where carriers, brokers, and clients can all be really well aligned, right? You know, the the world of risk is evolving. It's evolving quickly. Uh, I, I don't think we're in a we're ever going to see a world where risk is less than it was the year before. There there are new and emerging risks all the time, and so I think this is where a, a real transparency and partnerial spirit goes such a long way. Because you know the the clients, the brokers, the carriers all have different uh, viewpoints and angles on the, some of the same topics. Um, and we should all benefit from a a better um, risk management capability in in companies. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the the reason um, that insurance exists and why it's a, a field that I like so much is that I, I believe it underpins the economy. It enables customers to take risk, and I think that is something that allows companies to grow and to thrive. And, and I think our goals in that and brokers' goals in that, and clients' goals in that are actually the same. And so I, I guess I would just ask for creativity, collaboration, openness, um, as we start to figure out how collectively we can bring our expertise and our data um, to, I don't want to say solve these problems, it's really going to be more about mitigating risk, because risks don't generally flat out go away. Um, right. We just get better at, at identifying them earlier and managing them. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's where we, we need everyone's help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit shorter term. Um, mm -hmm. this is, it's the beginning of a new year. There's good challenges and opportunities. I'm sure that you all are looking at. I feel really optimistic about 2024 and, um, you know, the, the potential for, for us at AXA XL to support. Um, and grow with with our clients. Um, so let's talk about some specifics. There's a lot of runway, I think, in our 
core or traditional lines of business. So, you know, if I just if I take property to start with, um, you know, capacity is still something that is is much needed in the marketplace. And, you know, we're committed to, to provide that in a consistent manner, which we've done over the last few years. Um, and, you know, we really want to help our clients again, with this sort of risk mitigation hat on, make sure that they are um, managing their, their property portfolio in a way that is um, is prudent and, and we can help with our, our risk engineers and sort of the, the partnership on what would it take to um, manage and, and mitigate the risks in, in the property book. But we're, we're looking to grow there and to continue to, to help clients. Um, second place where I see a lot of runway um, is our construction team. What we've done with construction over many years is actually built a dedicated industry team, uh, vertically oriented. Um, there are so many interrelated products that we find that that better serves the needs of our, our clients. Um, we are expecting um, as the infrastructure bill plays through in terms of investments that are made um, in, in the U.S. and to see a lot more spend in construction and, and we're ready, willing and able to, to go shoulder to shoulder with clients on making sure that they can pursue the, the projects. Um, you know, DNO has been a uh, centerpiece of the AXA Excel portfolio for many years. We have a really strong team, um, predominantly based in Hartford and it's been a choppy time for this market um, but as always, we will continue, you know, to be in there and serving clients um, and maintaining our leadership position in that market, you know, and, and maybe a little bit of knock on wood that we start to see a return of M&A activity um, as we, we go throughout 2024. So, you know, those are some of the, I would describe the sort of core businesses where I, I do expect to see growth. And it's not to say that we don't see growth in other lines, um, but, but a few examples. Um, and then and to your point about sort of newer things, you know, where we focus with a mind's eye, not just to 2024, but as we look out three years, five years, 10 years, um, you know, cyber comes to mind. It is one of the places where we have been a leader and we intend to continue um, growing with uh, the market and maintaining that position. Um, it is it is a complex space um, and, and, and getting the, the education and the pricing right around that is something that we will, we will continue uh, to work with clients on. We are, uh, you know, we feel good that the, um, the rise in ransomware, you know, we're starting to see some, some positive signs coming out of that. And that, that you know, I think the industry has, uh, we're in a better place on that than, than we have been. Uh, second topic that comes to mind is middle market. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time talking with our, our, our brokers about our launch of middle market, which was in the middle of 2023. Um, this is a long-term growth space for, for AXA XL, and we think that our expertise and particularly larger and more complex middle market risks um, brings something to the industry that is additive in terms of capacity. Um, you know, the middle market space itself, and it's very hard to size it, but, you know, it's, it's easily north of 100 billion and probably approaching 150 billion in, in premiums. And, um, you know, we are going to continue adding industry verticals as we 
um, build out our team and our capabilities in, in the middle market space. Um, and then a last piece, which is a it's a long term shift, um, is really around supporting clients around energy transition. Um, obviously, this is front and center for traditional energy clients as they continue with their portfolio of more classic um, energy products, but are really starting to diversify their portfolios and needing to make significant investments to be able to deliver new and greener technologies uh, to the markets. Um, but energy transition impacts companies of, of all sectors. And so, you know, we are really leaning in to make sure that the expertise in our teams is truly available um, to our broker partners, to our, our clients, um, and to build that book of business. So that's, you know, some immediate term things. And then, you know, three maybe more that we're working on now, but we expect to to grow and blossom over the medium term. There's some really, really, you know, meaty, meaty markets. The DNO is is something that, you know, we've been paying attention to and, and looking yeah. at the the changing factors there. So, you know, definitely an interesting one to be focusing on. And I think the middle market is also really interesting. And um I are there challenges with with making it um you know, a good investment because of the size or is it have is have you all figured out how to make that work in kind of an efficient way, I guess? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, only six months into this initiative, I, we are not at the scale where I say, um, oh, yes, we've 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 gotten to sort of the efficiency frontier. On this. <laughs> um, it's sort of really early days there. Um, but because we have the support of you know, Excel overall and, and group overall, we're really making the investments in the talent and in the technology that will make this a scalable business for us. And so that's where you have to get in terms of, of the efficiency. Um, I should do a shout out at this moment in time to our um, our first round broker partners. We limited distribution in the first months because we wanted to be able to deliver high quality experience for our distribution partners and our clients as we started to, to launch and scale the business. Um, and we've had just tremendous partnership from, from those brokers and a tremendous amount of interest um, from others as we talk about where we might go next. Um, you know, with this book of business, we launched in private equity and added general industries and we're launching a construction middle market vertical, building on that expertise that I was referencing in the mm -hmm. in the more complex construction space um, at the start of, of 2024. So, um, yeah, this is something that we are committed to for the long run, and so we're building with that in mind. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting to we'll see to continue to watch that. Yeah, it's been um, we've exceeded our plans so far in our 2023 targets and. Uh, we're really optimistic about where this will go in the next year. Great. That's very exciting. Very exciting. Um, okay. So areas of concern, where are you looking at with hesitation or maybe the need for more focus or? Yeah. Um, well, what, like the... The cool thing and the challenge about being in this space is that risks don't stay stagnant, right? right? And so, you know, I, I think intellectually that's one of the the fun things. Um, it 
it's always nerve wracking when you don't have years and years of actuarial data and you have great confidence on exactly, yeah. you know, what the, the loss performance will look like. Um, you know, but the the team that we have is is really you know in, incredibly capable of taking a look at those those new and emerging risks. I mean, we're looking at PFAS and autonomous vehicles, and obviously some of the ones that I think are very much on the headlines of newspapers and the like around climate change and the implications um, there. You know, over the last year. The thing that is sort of equally exciting and terrifying is is really probably around AI. Um, I think this is a challenge for the insurance industry, but it's a challenge for all industries of really figuring out how do we use technologies where we don't always understand what the machines are doing, um, and how do we build in responsible AI practices within what we are doing as insurers and what our clients are doing. Um, to avoid, you know, adverse impact, um, and 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 really take a look at what the outcomes are. We may not always understand all of the um, the connectivity of how, of how the the box works, but let's make sure we're really careful about um, understanding the outputs and the impacts of those outputs. Um, so, you know, those are risk changes that are on my mind in a way that you could say are. Are challenges or are concerns, but are also opportunities um, mm-hmm. in terms of really working on them and getting it right. I think the the area of concern probably continues to be social inflation slash lawsuit abuse. Um, you know, and as we look at, there's been a lot of talk about casualty and how casualty is perceived in this. Uh, recent 1-1 reinsurance um, renewal cycle. You know, I think this is something that we all have to be really, you know, on top of and, um, you know, working closely with uh, state governments and federal government to make sure that we get the balance right. Because, you know, the truth is the economy bears the cost when we have these um nuclear verdicts and particularly when the money goes back to sovereign wealth funds and others that are funding litigation instead of to the the injured parties and you know everyone bears the cost of that because uh, the loss cost goes up and the insurance cost goes up and so I don't think it's really in anyone's interest and it's something we as a an overall industry need to continue to stay vigilant on and there's been some signs of good progress this year on that front um, took a long time to build to this point. It will not change overnight, um, but we've got to keep looking at it. Yep, absolutely. That's an issue that we've been researching as well. And um, the the verdict numbers, just the percentages of how they've gone up, is they, it's definitely something that is sobering. It's so <laughs> very sobering, very sobering. Yeah. All right, so we've we've talked about a lot of changes, changing risk. Um, any final thoughts on just the industry as a whole, how it should be adapting and evolving to continue to meet and prepare for the risk? Yeah, I mean, I guess what comes to mind for me when you ask that is is people. At, you know, at the end of the day, this is going to be. We talked we've talked a bit about machines and data. Yeah. Um, you know, but this does is a an industry that in particular requires good judgment. Um, and, you know, a lot of the work that I had been doing even before I joined XXL was really around 
taking a different look at talent and understanding um, people as collection of skills and proficiencies in different skills, as opposed to the job family that they're currently working in, because it often masks people's backgrounds or, or skills that they've picked up um, inside or outside of, of their career. And, you know, with the world around us changing and particularly the, the digital advan um, advances and data advances, the half-life of skills is shortening, you know, every single year. And so one of the things that's really on my mind is around um, investing in the tremendous talent we have today, because even the individuals that are at the top of their game today deserve and need investment in their skills in order to maintain um, that kind of leading edge capability. And so, you know, we're spending a lot of time thinking about a skills-oriented talent uh, framework and how we can be, you know, really clear about the investments we make in, in individuals and how that helps them sort of climb the jungle gym of career ladders as opposed to a just a linear up and down career ladder. Um, so that's very much top of mind to me. Um, you know, and, and probably linked to that is how can we become, you know, more and more conversant and educated on some of these um, new technologies and 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 data capabilities. Um, I've spent a lot of my last year, you know, investing in my own understanding of generative AI and, and what it is and what it can do. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a journey that I'm only an inning one on, and I think we're all needing to invest in in upskilling ourselves um, in these ways. Yeah, it's definitely a daunting endeavor to to set yourself out to learn about about it, but it's obviously I found it to be really done. fun. Like yeah. I, I guess Great I would, I would challenge the word daunting because um, it's fascinating and it applies to all aspects of our life, our personal lives, our professional lives. And um, I mean, frankly, it's really cool what these tools can do and how they can make us bionic as individuals. Um, and that's, uh, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's definitely, um, that's a great description. And I love the way that you describe the career path as a jungle gym, because, you know, it's, um, it's finding those creative outlets and what people can do. And when you add these tools and if, you know, they learn to use them, then it's who knows. Yeah. Yeah. The world is their oyster. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lucy, it's so great chatting with you. Um, congratulations on the new role. We're very excited to see, you know, where you take the company. So thanks so much for chatting with me. It was my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Um, and Look forward to continuing the conversation. Yes. That was Lucy Pilko, CEO for Insurance in the Americas at AXA XL. For more in our AXA XL podcast series, find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, or visit leadersedge.com.